0: Welcome to the Fierce Soul podcast. I'm Jordan Ray, the Soul Diva, and I'm on a mission for women to love themselves fiercely, live soulfully, transform their trauma and toxic experiences to reclaim their worth and self-expression. I chat with thought leaders and inspirational women in free-flowing conversations with a focus on loving yourself, soulful living, emotional well-being, creative expression, and body wisdom intended to empower you to practice self-love, and guide you to your authentic self-expression. Today, I am joined by Rosaria Gracia, or should I say Dr. Rosaria Gracia? Well, Garcia. thank you very much, thank you very much. <laughs> and I am going to let Rosaria introduce herself in a second. Rosaria is somebody I actually do know in real life. We've known each other for about 14 years. Gosh, easily, but yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, and, and Rosaria was my very first Samba teacher when I came, not knowing what to expect, <laughs> to a um, absolutely a loving Samba Rosaria,
1: over to you. Well, my name is Rosaria, and I have been living in the UK for almost three decades now. Um, I'm originally from Cordoba, from the south of Spain. Yeah, I'm a a dance artist. I'm an ethnocorologist in the sense that I really integrate um, the traditions into the dances that I dance and I teach. Um, I like really knowing the stories and what makes dances what they are. from you know whether we are talking about folkloric dances, international dances, social dances, whatever it is. I like going back to the roots to then see how we can evolve them in a way. Um, and I work loads with people of all ages, but of the last perhaps 15, 20 years, I'm mostly working with adults. And adults, I say it in a kind of in a flexible way from yeah, 20s to hundred. So I do open sessions, so I do sessions in senior housing. I've done some work in hospitals as well, rehabilitation. Um, I work with people with dementia and Parkinson's, people with disabilities. Very lately, it's funny how sometimes waves come in with the participants that are coming to my sessions But over the last few years, there have been a quite increase of people with fibromyalgia, ME, um, CFS, that have come to my session. And in a way, unavoidable, I would say, just because everybody is so subject to it, people that are diagnosed or not diagnosed with mental health issues. But um, yeah, normally I, I like my sessions to be as mixed as possible, so it's impossible to label anybody. So it just really is supportive environment, everybody's really lovely. And uh, they are there for the dance and for the music. So that's my dance movement background, as, as it were. And I'm also an academic. So I work uh, for the Open University. And, and I work in the Department of Social Sciences, um, STEM, and which is um, science technology. And also health and social care. So I've got a little bit
0: of a portfolio there so yeah yeah i wouldn't have dared try to introduce you <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> okay, I? No, I, what can i say Well, i don't know fastness i think i always remember when i was doing my therapeutic arts training uh was about the same time that you were doing was it, it was finding your compass wasn't it the ah, project yes. around the mental health yeah And that really stood out for me as as something. But I think for me, within, you know, even within the coaching, using creative arts, but definitely the movement and the body, I think is so important. There's been the research up till recently, certainly around mental health and um, including trauma. Has been a lot of mind focus, and it's now really becoming into how we hold it in the body, that mind-body connection, mm-hmm. as you were talking about with you know the ME, CFS, all of those things, and yeah, it's just so important.
1: Really is, and I think it's also a very, um, you know, it's vast, it's very cultural as well. So I think that there is a tendency western countries specifically to find a brain solution to everything um meaning it has to be intellectual it has to be rational which yes you know is we cannot say that that is not true but there are other things that we cannot actually explain through our own academic or kind of intellectual understanding of the situation and there are some things that are just in our bodies you know, we get that even when we get cold and we know some people get in the shoulders, some people get in the sh- in lower back, and then it's just being cold or getting adrift or whatever, and then all of a sudden you've got lower back pain. And that's because of the physical reaction to an external circumstance. And that's just being cold, let alone whether you have been feeling threatened or you have been, you know, you are surrounded by people that you are not completely sure about, you know, our bodies react to that from our eyebrows to our toes, you know, it just there is a physical reaction. So if we are to kind of support people to, I suppose, to recover from those situations and blossom really, we um, need to really pay attention to everything is yeah it's it's not just physical it's um it's intellectual but it's also in terms of the mindset which i think that sometimes goes beyond intellectual because there are some things that you can think about and then you can yeah yeah on paper i understand it but there is something really um i i want to say spiritual comes to me but it's it's dodgy because the spiritual has lots of different connotations but there is something that is of this spirit level that is like the soul, you know, if, if people have been feeling um, discriminated against, or whatever it is, that's something that you feel in your body, but there's something that is even more internal, it's yeah. your way of thinking your way of behaving, where you put yourself where you don't put yourself so you know, it's, it's far more complex. So, yes, I think that a kind of um, biomedical way of looking at um, symptoms is important, but you know, you need to put the psychological and the social there too because we are complex beings. It would be really nice if everybody's like completely, you know, like little box patched. Yeah, tick,
0: tick, tick. I can sort (laughs) you, unfortunately. (laughs) Which, Which unfortunately is, as you said, in the Western world, certainly here in the UK, is kind of the hope, isn't it? You fit in this box and, that isn't always the case. It, mm. it depends how it, I guess, plays out for want of a better word for that person. Mm. Because it's, as you said, it's not just what they're experiencing, it's then where they are within their family system and their sort of local systems and then the societal systems. And yeah. And I was taken actually when you were talking about western culture and what came to mind for me was um more of a shamanic approach Mm. and certainly when you're talking trauma um and how they see that which is from a soul level Mm. you know they they see this as that you've lost part of yourself and actually the response to that is a community response the community being with you while you go through that process which is very different to the individualized very mind-based approach that we have had here. I do think we are slowly changing. Um, And I know one of the things that you're involved in is the social prescribing. So I think we are slowly changing into how we approach this, but it's a a slow change.
1: Yeah, I think that the UK and particularly some regions are more advanced than others. Wales has loads of projects in place. I mean, they are really, I mean, ahead of the game. In terms of, and I think Scotland too, but I'm not so familiar with their system. Um, But here in the Southeast of England, I mean, Brighton is quite out there. And I've been having conversations with quite a few people that are based in um, Switzerland and Amsterdam. And they were kind of following a little bit of a the pattern of what we were doing at Hera, which is the Healing and Expressive Recovery Arts project as part of the Brighton Health Wellbeing Centre. Although we are you know, these is now presenting a few more surgeries around Brighton and Hope, but that's where it started. Um, so yeah, there is a whole program that is very much based around creativity and conventional medicine. So normally they refer people to us either the link workers or the health champions or the doctors or the nurses refer people to us that they may be going through a conventional approach and it's not really working or they need something complementary or they need to come out of the conventional approach because it's not of service to them anymore um, so we provide dance and movement, which is what I do. And another colleague of mine, Rachel, she does a different approach as well to to dance. So it's a little bit more kind of um, a neat base in a way, but in a really welcoming. And you know, you don't need to be a professional dancer, but she does tap and modern and so forth. I'm more international dancers, but then dancers through different eras and. And I integrate um, gyrokinesis which is a a body system that I'm also a trainer in which is a combination between yoga pilates so it's far more gentle I can really modify it to different people different needs Um, we could do sitting down we could do a standing up and it's beneficial both ways, really then we've got creative writing we've got reading we've got art projects photography what else i don't want to leave anybody behind i'm just trying to think about singing so yeah and it's really it's particularly during the pandemic it has been quite interesting because we were all providing sessions online some of them are working with young people some of them are working with all the adults some of them are mixed and it has been quite it has been great to see them so we could check on them in a way and provide that support so that has been really uh, really lovely and that continues you know that program continues and also the program of the Brighton hope city council with the healthy lifestyle teams they have really been very flexible i also work with them and yeah providing lots of sessions online now we are doing a hybrid one day a week so people can still do it online but some people are coming to Hangleton to do it face to face So, you know, there are services that are really they have their heart in the right place and they have the knowledge and they want to deploy it because they know that people need support in different ways. But one of the things that was just coming up to me when you were talking about the trauma side of it and that idea of we need to spend time with ourselves and really kind of nurturing ourselves. I think something that happens sometimes is And this is an impression, I don't know whether I can articulate it specifically, but if we are in a society which is mostly around the individual, if we are making the shift to taking time for ourselves sometimes that taking time for ourselves is not coming from a nurturing place and it's coming from a place of reaction and sometimes even passive aggressive and that is not good for the person that is trying to take care of themselves not for the people around them and I think that we need to be very careful because sometimes we are into this oh you take time for yourself absolutely it's like that thing in the plane put the mask on you before helping anybody else absolutely but you are putting the mask because you are part of a whole not because you want to go into your cave and forget about everybody else. So it's a fine line. It's a very fine line, but in a society which is very much rooted into individualism, that line sways too much to the individual wanted to forget about everybody else. And, and there needs to be a middle ground in there. It's like, yeah, take That doesn't mean that you don't take time off. You can, but it's a fine line is it's a time off but then we are social animals so it's that kind of gentle integration and find it in a way that is good for you but good for the people around you and so forth so it's complex because yeah i just feel that sometimes it's um again we love extremes no absolutely And it the streams don't work because it's very much what you're trying to escape from <laughs> And then you're going into the other side it's just so that's why such a hard work because you know it's so hard it's so hard but i think it's it's worth thinking about it because um because if we get that it's likely right my goodness we will live in such a nicer nurturing place really
0: well and i think you were talking about the extremes. I, I think, unfortunately, in a lot of ways, the society and the Western culture is set up around busyness. And, you know, you work hard and it's almost, you know, the number of people I've talked to that are almost ashamed to take the time to sit and read a book. It's like, well, I must be doing something at weekends and I must be be showing something. And it's like, it's okay to stop. And I think if the one thing, obviously, the last couple of years has shown us that the pace that so many of us, and I include myself in this before I had to slow down, were running at is not a pace that our bodies are intended to run at 100% of the time. And I think as part of that as well, where you were talking about taking time for ourselves, that taking time for ourselves can be social. Wow. It's that actually where are you prioritizing you in your routine, in your day, not even your week? Yeah. Where's your moment in your day? And if you're prioritizing is meeting a friend for coffee yeah. or going for the walk on the beach, but sharing that with others, not necessarily on your own. Yeah. That's still the taking the time. So exactly what you're saying, it's not about you have to isolate and you I was about to say, and you have to be with your feelings, and I'm very aware that as I went to say that, there's a bit of this, with all this positive thinking that's come out as well, we can also end up bypassing so much, so I'm not advocating for you've got to feel your feelings and get stuck there, (laughs) because that's not healthy for anybody, but it's also not as healthy to start to feel your feelings and go, oh, I must be positive And I have to think positive and, and actually you're in bypassing and avoidance. And I think for any of us without support on, well, what's right for me? Mm. How do I feel into those feelings in a safe way and in a comfortable way? How do I express them in a safe way and a comfortable way? You know, how much do I want to be out with people? How much is right for me to be on my own to do that? And I think this does kind of bring us back around to creativity and the arts, that yeah. actually they are so important and supportive in being able to do that, in being able to feel into your body, mm. in being able to express those emotions.
1: And, and also that there is not one formula. So what I'm really aware of is that, you know, just I, someone sent me a link the other day and actually I did it. It's just the personality traits mm. and how important it's actually to recognize people. Some people are very extrovert. Some people are introvert. Some people are in between. And particularly this society loves extroverts. But it's like, what about the introverts? Just leave them alone. You know, actually, (laughs) in many instances, they are far healthier (laughs) because they are not pushing, 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 pushing. I mean, there are other ways of pushing. You know, we kind of generalize, but you just really appreciate everybody for who they are. And I think that the arts really allow that because you can enjoy it, you know, how it suits you. So there are some, in particular, in dance and movement, there will be some people that are really out there to do lots of performing and, you know, just mixing with lots of people, big groups, whatever it is. Some people just want to go to a dance class or movement class or a flash mob, or just to the disco, you know, whatever, to have a dance and be quiet. It's not about that. It's not. There is, there is a spectrum. You can deep in and out of that spectrum of creativity as much or as little as you want and it will change so some days you feel like right i feel like a real show off and i'm just going to go for it and some days it's like you know i just want to watch a nice film or i want to read a book or i just want to write in my journal or i want to do a squibble or i want to, you know whatever but i think it's important because it's another release um and what is important as well is that it could be very short so you know even people that are doing drawings you can just do i call it visual um gibberish in a way so it just just take your pencils and just just draw whatever three minutes put it on paper and move on you know you can look at it you can analyze it or not just leave it in there that was like that's the rant of the last five minutes and off i go and i do something else And the other thing about the feelings, I think that, again, it goes very much with that introspection and how far we go with that. I think that um, there is an element of integrity that we need to explore both internally and externally. So if we go through a bad patch, I think it's really important to pay attention to that. Um, But again, not going into a rut, and just feeling, oh, going just just watch it. What is this about? And yeah, in those moments, you probably need to be on your own because you need the space. Um, but then, what do you do with it? You know, if you are milking it, is that making you happy? Probably not. And probably it will be reproducing the situation with the people around you. And again, this may not happen one day. You know, it may be probably the hundredth time that you have gone through the same thing that it's like, this is again, and then you just need to question it. And the more we understand ourselves and our triggers, and triggers can be people in front of the queue. You know, it doesn't need to be a major thing, but it can be, and we don't know. So it just, things trigger different people in different ways because different people have different stories and histories yeah. um but i think it's just it's really important to again is find the measure of how far down we go to understand particular feeling and how that materializes but then i cannot help it i'm a real doer so what okay what do i do with this yeah. just feeling miserable and sometimes i feel well, actually i want to feel miserable thank you very much just don't tell me anything for next half an hour i'm going to be yes but then what do you do if you don't make the shift it can create other issues so yeah and and the other thing when you were saying i think it was about feeling the space to express yourself in a way Mm. i think it's really important to really talk to people and say to people you know what when For example, I'm just thinking: if you invite me to something and I keep saying no, please don't take it personally. It's because I need time or whatever. So the person doesn't feel rejected, and you don't feel left out because they, understandably, they don't call you anymore because you're always saying no, I cannot. But it just really. Kind of find that understanding so that the people that are closer to you or the people that you relate to more often than not, they understand that that's how you are. And that's okay. You know, different people offer different things. So that's why I say it takes such a long time because I think that we are in this thing of likes, likes, friends, followers. I've got 7,000, it's just like. Well, those people you are not going to explain to in your Instagram. Oh, by the way, if you say this to me and I no, it would be relevant to the people that you relate to on a daily basis or people that you work with, people that basically your reaction can affect. Yeah. And their reaction can affect you. So, but um but yeah, I think that finding our voice in explaining that and they materialize it in whatever shape or form. It could be through the arts or it could be, yeah, just in any way. You know, it could be even people writing it down, if they are word driven, just write it down and just really put it out there. Or it could be, I don't know, whatever, whatever shape or form it takes.
0: Um, but I think that those are tools there for us, really, to okay. utilize. Absolutely. And a few things came to mind as you were talking, actually, there. Um, The first one was where you were talking about how quick you can do things. And I was just thinking the young people I used to work with. um, It was always, you know, you need to. Move, you need at times, you need to move your body, especially when you're feeling that low. Yeah. And it was having that exact conversation. I'm not telling you to go out and run five miles, but put one song on. Mm. Move your body for one song. That's in, if you want to keep going, perfect. But if that's all you can do, that's exactly as you were saying. It's about three minutes. You've moved. You've done it. Yeah. Something has shifted, whether you feel it or not, something would have shifted just by moving. Yeah. And I think alongside that and actually alongside how long we do things and and I'm just sharing from myself yeah um as you know you know I've done samba performances and performed in front of thousands and in my old jobs and well and even here showing up and I think there's that perception and I remember everyone thinking oh you're an extrovert and that's not how I see myself at all I kind of I call myself an ambivert In that there are moments that I can be out there and full on. And I love that. But I actually need time on my own after that to recover. I need time out and I need to withdraw. And I just can't keep going at that level. And I remember for years, and certainly when I was younger, that... There was that FOMO that fear of missing out because everyone else was carrying on and that you know they might be going and partying or they might be going to something else and I was like I don't have the energy I just need to take some space mm. and now as I'm older that's absolutely fine I know this about myself and I understand that mm. but actually for a long time I struggled with that because it was like well I should be able to keep going and I should be part of this and all those things we use to beat ourselves up and actually we need that self-compassion coming back
1: yeah it's interesting when you were talking about being like all out there it just really this image of a pulsation is a little bit like the jellyfish. yes i think that sometimes the more you put up there the more you need to retract and that's how you would get the balance. And I think that there are lots of people, you know, I'm very much like that. I mean I'm I'm at it on the screen, face to face, performing. When I'm at home, I'm very private, she says from her living room. But you know it just I really need time to come to me and just really spending. It. Sometimes it's not very long, but it's enough. I need that time to recharge. Because otherwise you can just really feel that you're running on dry. And I think it's like everything: the more you give, the more you need. It's just, it's just like that, you know. There are some people that are always on the go, but then perhaps of giving their and their presence is different. You know, it's a different energy. They are different people, so they can keep like that, and they will have a bit of time off, and then that's fine too. But you just find in that balance, um, and the recognition that that's okay, and. They're letting go. I think that sometimes I find myself, particularly when I was younger, I was saying, I really need to go to that. I really need to go. And actually, I didn't have that much good time in for that particular event or that particular thing that I was forced to go to in my head because I needed to go. I think that sometimes we just need to listen to ourselves. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we miss one thing, but there will be others. And, you know, hopefully, you know, in the most cases, Um, But I think that just really allow ourselves to have that recovery time is very important because otherwise, yeah, we just run dry. Yeah, Um, And
0: that's not healthy, I don't think. And I think while you were talking about the, the being busy, and I guess this comes back to feeling our feelings. If you're somebody who's just naturally busy, there's no criticism and no judgment but if you're being busy to stop yourself feeling because the moment you stop actually whatever it is you're trying to not feel starts to come up so it's just another form of numbing out another form of avoiding um and i think actually something you said a little while ago made me think as well that of course there are times we need to be on our own you know when you're having those those off days you need to be on your own But I think not just as women, men and women, there's been this real push of when you're in that space, you don't reach out, you know, whether it's you don't air your your dirty laundry in public or whether you're not worthy of reaching out, whatever the stories are that we've created for ourselves and society has created for us. And actually it's also that really vulnerable space. So being able to reach out in that vulnerable space and i think it's something i've i've had to learn that actually it's okay in those times to reach out and show up as whatever that person is whoever that person looks like mm-hmm. but within a safe community yeah so within a i mean for me it's communities of women yeah. um but it hasn't always been that way you know i used to have much more mixed spaces
1: yeah
0: but having those spaces where i can you know put up a video or do a live or shout to a friend or whatever it might look like going look I'm I'm actually really struggling today and I don't know what I need Mm. and actually sometimes it's just somebody else literally being there not doing anything not asking questions not offering advice just but again we're back to knowing ourselves enough to know actually is this a genuine I want to hide under the duvet and avoid the world and i will feel better for doing it yeah. or am i hiding under the duvet avoiding the world because actually i really want to do something different and i don't know how people will respond
1: yeah and i think that to be able to articulate that it takes time and if people and yeah they, they support i mean i'm just thinking well, we are lucky that in some schools there is more conversation about this emotional intelligence, but it still is, you know, it's not completely there everywhere. And I think if children actually grow up just really feeling like that and being able to really recognize difference in themselves and others, and that difference doesn't need to be any diagnosis, although it could be, but it's just difference in terms of, no, I don't like that. And I'm not, you know, it's all right. I don't need to follow. I like this, though. So, you know, it's just, it just this pressure. Um, I was just thinking there was a, a project I was just talking to a few people and it's always this difference between boys and, and girls, you know, at school and how they are talked to and talked with and the expectations. And they are still, you know, it's even completely subconscious expectations of both genders genders if we are looking at the binary let alone really looking at all the different genders that we can talk about and all the variations but even just looking at the binary that is supposed to be a straightforward and is nothing like that is really difficult it's really difficult because there is still this understanding that girls are like this and male are like that and one of the things that i i'm more in connection with boys, so I could feel this, that there is a new way for very sensitive young boys that really get it. However, I've heard that sometimes they really are up against because there is this way for girls to be really empowered, which I completely endorse, I understand, but at the same time, there is no recognition or perhaps this more vulnerable place where boys can go to. Yeah. So there is a clash. I mean, it's a competition then. So it's like, who is the strongest? You know, it's just, again, it's this kind of the jellyfish. the, you know, the, the kind of the balance between the two. Mm. And again, you see that in the arts lots and lots. You can see that in literature, there are more and more books that are coming up for that with children's books and so forth. And I think it's beautiful that that is the case. But I think that that is the job of grown-ups now. Uh, It's not for them. We need to allow them to fill that space. It's not for them to do that job. And I think that in all these calls about teach your daughter to be strong, I think is teach your son that it's okay to be vulnerable and they are not going to be criticized for it because I've heard This is the other thing, it's really interesting, and this could come in like boom, like a boom. But my, okay, I'm putting into context, my PhD was on accessibility and gender. So, you know, there are issues and I finished it many years ago, but some of the topics are still are there. And the topic was very much rooted into multimedia products. So it's like whether there is an integration of even gender stereotypes without even knowing. Mm And one of the things that it was really shocking for me then, it shouldn't be, but it was, is that some of the more rooted stereotypes were actually endorsed by women. Yeah. And you would expect otherwise. And gosh, no, we are definitely in a patriarchal society and there is no other yes. that there is no other. That's true. But we have been so successful in that patriarchal society that even there are lots of women that are actually endorsing those values and putting them through so i it's just yeah again it's just this is another conversation another topic but i think it's really important if we are trying to facilitate a change again is this awareness of we are going into bias conscious bias is really our recognition of conscious bias and subconscious bias of everything, gender, race, absolutely everything. And absolutely. and yeah, because it's not that we need to check on ourselves like every two seconds, but you know, we are around people that are coming from different standpoints. <laughs> so we have to actually to be able to communicate and be respectful and yeah we will go wrong. Everybody, you know, yep. it's all part of the process. And we have been like this for what? century? I mean, it just, it's not something that is going to change. But, you know, it's just going to that idea of understanding vulnerability and understanding different standpoints and understanding different people that we all need to do something for it. And when we are talking about children, you know, grown-ups, are the ones that have to do the job because
0: they are the ones that children are learning from, whoever they are. Yeah.
1: But it's, it's also, parents,
0: well, or, yeah, I was just going to say, it's also grown ups having that insight into themselves then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, what I mean. Yeah. That's yeah, what I meant. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, the children, the children, obviously, and it would be lovely if it's integrated in the curriculum, you know, but I think it's, it's very much for the, for the adults to actually think about that even for anything for the sake of the generations that are coming
0: well and I was I was thinking for fear of getting too far into the the patriarchy and um let's bring it back a little bit but yeah I mean you only have to look online and see it's women calling out women it's women calling out women on how they look and who they are and it's also women calling out men on you know that the type of Man that they might want, or you know, the language of man up that's still around, and all of this. And actually, it took me to the thought of when I was working with the veterans, and quite often, you know, my role would be the first time they'd come in to to seek support for mental health, and quite a few of them ended up in tears in that first session because it was probably the first time that they'd expressed their story in that way and had somebody listen and non-judgmentally and all of those things and I think almost every single one of them said you know they apologized for the tears and they all said oh I bet it's the first time and it's like no this is what every single one of you does and I am focusing on the men instead of the women in in this one this is what every single one of you does in this room and it's fine and this is where this is the space for you to start unpicking it and start unpicking your experiences and actually when you start looking at those experiences of course it's okay to to have feelings of course it's okay to cry of course it's okay to be angry whatever else might be there Mm. Um, but that kind of then brings us around to how that's expressed and worked through and You know, I'm aware over here when you're talking, staying with the veterans for a second, you know, the NICE guidelines are that that's worked with CBT or, well, it was EMDR and that's been taken off. But when you go over to America, the programs over there include the arts. Mm. They... You know, include the drama, they include all this creative expression. And it's not that we don't do it over here because we do. And I'm aware, you know, we had a really good touring program and I can't remember who did it. Um, and it was a group of veterans doing a performance, a drama performance of their experiences. And that was how they therapeutically worked through it. But it's not recognized within our national he- health system as a therapeutic process.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are lots of things that were coming up for me. So, you know, it's like in the antique Greece, um, when someone was ill, they will look at everything. They will, yes. they will prescribe singing, eating, you know, looking at nutrition. Um, they will dance or whatever it is, the drama. So they will prescribe that, which is what social prescription is about anyway. But I think again, it's that shift. It's that shift of men need to be like this and women need to be like that. I suppose that it speaks to me very strongly because I grew up in Spain, in, in Spain which is there is more pressure. You know, it's the patriarchy, you see it more clearly. I'm starting to doubt that it's a stronger than in the UK, (laughs) the UK is very subtle, or is it still there? Um, But yeah, it was just really, it it was a very clear, you know, that this is what men do and this is what women do, but it was very out there. And I had, particularly my father, I was the oldest, well, I am the oldest. and, And my father always say, you will do whatever you want to do. And in other things, he was actually quite traditional. But the fact that he said that to me, he set up the basis for me not wanting to follow any label ever. It's, just like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, why? And it's the language as well as what you were saying. It's the language. So it's the language that you use for men and women. So a woman that is outspoken would be called many different things, but a man could be assertive. Could it be the woman be assertive? And this also comes culturally. If if you are assertive, but you're coming from a Latin country, some people will say, You're very feisty. Yeah. It's like, how come I'm feisty compared to so and so? But you know, it so it's all these added elements. It's like, well, not feisty, I'm very clear. Well, you see is what you get. I mean it's not. You know, it just it's really going a bit deeper to that and really paying attention to what we say because that really has an impact on how we see our reality and the reality of others. And sometimes we just use words because they're there, you know, not even thinking. And this is where, you know, um, NCT, like NVT, um, nonviolent communication and so forth come into place and active listening. So there are lots of tools that we can all dipped into but I think we really need to pay attention to that and it's not coming from a place of oh I cannot use that word anymore because of whatever. No. It's coming from a place of wanting to respect the people that you are with. Yeah. And coming from that place, even if you say something that is not right, it comes up right. Because it doesn't come in an abusive way. It doesn't come in a way that you want to put that person down. But it's the intention. Again, it's that kind of spiritual level that we are talking about. It's not brainy, it's not body, it's somewhere in between. So it's like, what is the intention when we are speaking? What is the intention when we are doing something? Check on our intention because that will put everything else right. Or at least, I think it will give us the opportunity to put things right. Because it's the right framework. So if you are coming from a position where I want, you know, I really want to talk to you and I'm interested and whatever it is, everything else comes into play. So
0: yeah. Yeah. a lot, it's a lot of work. It's it's loads. But I was also thinking when you were saying about the language, actually there's even another level to that, which is, it's the language we use for ourselves. And, you know, so of course we want to be respectful of other people and try and get it right. And I'm absolutely with you. I'm going to get it wrong. You know, I'm very aware that I'm a, white woman white British woman I have a level of privilege and I am going to get it wrong you know hands up but that doesn't mean that I don't stop trying and I don't stop learning but I think even more so it's how we refer to ourselves as well Mm. because if we're not conscious and aware of the language and the thoughts and all the way we talk about ourselves then trying to have that awareness of how you then interact with others is going to be even more difficult. So it it is having that awareness out there. Yeah. And you know, and there is
1: time. So it's not like we need to all of a sudden put like two hours at the beginning of the day to think about ourselves in the context of the world. But it it just really again, now we are going into a really interesting kind of label is being mindful. It's being mindful and it's just not being um, kind of reactionary just because, oh, they told me this because of that. Uh-uh. They told you that. Now what? What is your feedback? You know, it's just really understanding those dynamics. And yeah, and some things, you know, reactions are hurtful. But then it's even recognizing that. you was like, oh, that hurt. Why did that hurt? Okay. I understand that, I let it go. Next time that happens, I know A, that I have an option, I want to react in a particular way or not. You know, it's just really. Again, I just want to emphasize that it's not something that you need to do a particular course on meditation for ages or, or going to a training. It's not that. It's like just thinking. Is that time for ourselves to think about the things that make us happy and the things that are not? Um, why are we feeling awkward in one particular situation and why not? And we may not get the answer straight away. Um, but it will come when when if we continue with our interrogation, it will come. And and if not, we can talk to people, you know, someone that we really trust. It's like, look, I'm in this situation and I don't really know why. But this just feels really weird. And you can just sound it off. Again, you just talking to the person I don't want you to give me a solution. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to talk out and then see what happens. So it just really, but again, that will mean sometimes um, creating new rules with the relationships we have, because that is not the norm. Yeah. So I will say, you know, if anybody wants to take on any of this stuff that we've been talking about, I would say just one step at a time, whatever feels good. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's just, yeah, just using the arts, using gibberish, writing, painting when you need to release, reaching out. It just, there are lots of solutions out there and lots of things that we could do to look after ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. But being gentle, and again, don't add that rushiness into right i'm going to do this i'm going to do no uh, one thing at a time and it's like everything we are a system Absolutely. and we are in a system so as soon as you change one little thing that little thing will have a ripple effect in the system yeah. and um things will start Even you know, if they are tiny enough enough to notice i think if um if those changes are starting to be integrated
0: yeah no and I think the one thing I just wanted to pick up from what you were saying was for so many people it is really tapping into the feeling and knowing what they feel you know I think we are getting a lot better with children about naming not just sort of the main half a dozen names but really starting to dig down and the question that I love for myself and the clients is also when am I So when in my story am I, if I'm feeling this way, am I present today? Is this about the here and now? Is it tapping into my story? And like you said, in the moment, you might not know. It might take time to to come out and play out and work through. Um, But I think it's the mindfulness, that self-awareness, whatever the label you want to use is, Ultimately, it's knowing ourselves as the starting point to then be able to move forward however we do that.
1: Definitely. And I think that, again, going back to this kind of positive thinking that we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. I think this thing about we can be the change and then everything will come from there. That can be a change. And the change could be someone at work always wraps you off the wrong way now you realize that actually it's nothing to do with you and it's something to do with whatever is going in the life that situation sorted evaporates it changes it just doesn't it's not like that that can be it and from there all the things i was talking i went to a a conference the other day and um, there was a doctor there he was talking about this relationship that he had with a particular patient and he always felt that this particular patient was very aggressive and um, wasn't really listening to him or whatever it is. And then this particular patient started going through an art program. And, um, and then the person that was doing the art program talked to the doctor and said, oh, isn't he lovely? And he was like, whoa. Of all the adjectives that you could use, I wouldn't use lovely. But what happened is that the doctor then started looking for that loveliness when he encountered it. Yeah. And he, he found it because he relaxed. He wasn't triggered when he was coming through the door. He was like, right, is this a fight? So he was looking for that. Oh, if someone else has seen that positive in this particular individual, I, I want to find it. And he did. So that relationship was completely changed and in fact that really benefited the particular patient because he went on and did all the things so he felt that he was far more supportive in the doctor's surgery he was bettering himself we don't know we don't know the impact of that shift that conversation that we have with someone if he's coming from a good place um yeah, it's just it can be completely life transforming. And it doesn't need to be one of these kind of programs sometimes, oh my life changes. Yeah, well, your life may have changed just with a tiny little thing. Yeah. Just because it's it's that shift. It could be a song, it could be you
0: know, it could be anything. Absolutely. And it and it is, it's that coming from us. Mm. You know, not expecting anyone else to change, but actually whether it's we change how we show up or whether we change our expectations, whatever it might be, yeah, ultimately it's that coming from us and and how we get there, like you said, I know for me personally, you know, coming back to the arts, coming back to the dancing, I know how important for me movement is, dance is. Um, Even, to shift myself at the end of the day. Mm. You know, when I used to have a a bad day, I knew what sort of music I need to put on, Mm. whether I needed to quite literally jump around like an idiot to to get it out my body. It Mm. was gonna come out my head because Mm. it was coming out my body, but I couldn't just turn my head off.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's that because I knew it was there. And if I'd gone into situations without getting it out, i would have responded or actually reacted in a very different way so it is we're back to that us first and then that ripple effect out yeah but that's the thing is that being
1: aware that if we make that change in ourselves is going to have a ripple effect yeah it's not that if we make a change in ourselves it's just going to be blocked yeah no it's, it's being aware that that change is going to go elsewhere yeah and um and it's And what is important is that that change is going to be um, fluid and organic and in tune. And, you know, yeah, sometimes you may come across standing blocks, but it's like water. You know, if you're in the current and there is a rock, normally the water surrounds the rock. The rock doesn't change, but we may need to be doing a little bit of a skating around and it will go through. So it may be slightly slower than in the places where there are no rocks, but you go through anyway if that is your current and that's your your way. But again, I think it is coming a little bit of a on a kind of um on a theme. It has to come from the right place. Yeah. For ourselves first, mm-hmm. but also for the people that surround us. And it doesn't need to be so and so, it just the community or where we live, or whatever it is, it has to come from a good place. If it's coming from the bullying a china shop place, you're going to come against obstructions over and over and over again, and it's going to be frustrating because yeah, it's it's a static; it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mindfulness, movement,
0: <laughs> yeah. and and for me, that good place is heart led, soul led, whatever you want to, to call it. That's my mm. feels like we've gone <laughs> on a very big journey. Yeah, I think we've touched <laughs> a lot of <laughs> Before we finish, is there anything else that you would like to add or say?
1: Not really. I think that it has been interesting, the kind of the way, isn't it? on the things that we have talked, it just in awareness, you know, is that thing everything is related and everything is connected because we are a system in a system in a system so you know it's going to have an impact so it's useful to remember that when when we are not in a very good place and also when we are in a good place this is going to have a ripple effect and again it's like that thing of the you know, the, the action-reaction space and noise space is just really fine that it's like where the shadow, there is light, it's always the two, and we can choose how long we can kind of stay in both ends. Um, there is that um, quote from Clarissa, oh, I I, um, I forget her surname. She's got a double-barrow surname, um, South American
0: um, lady. Yeah, I have her book, but it's hidden behind. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I've got it upstairs, so I'm not going to go and pick it up. But but one of the things that she mentioned, and I think that she borrows from elsewhere, but is that the brighter your light, the bigger your shadow. Mm. And that's how it is. And we can all have amazing light, but that is going to come with some shadows. But then we can make it really static or we can move it or, you know, we can just yeah. play around with it, but every, you know, we have both sides. That's why I like the Brazilian gods and goddesses when they're dancing. You know,
0: <laughs> we never even touched on that. And therefore I'm really hoping you might come back and have a whole other conversation with me yeah. because part of the work I love to do is find feminine, sacred, masculine, that is a whole other conversation from today. for the next conversation. So we don't forget. <laughs> I will, I will on that note thank you so much for joining me thank you thank you very much thank you for joining me for yet another Fear soul conversation to find out more about me and my work please see the links in the show notes and don't forget to like share and subscribe i look forward to you joining me next time